Okay, I'm going to invite you to return to your seats and continue those conversations after the service. Good noise happening in here. It's good stuff. Like I mentioned at the start of the service, um, those who are here, my, my family and I went to Vancouver this week, and so we, we drove to Vancouver on, on Monday, and we did it in one shot. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, <laughs> I was serious. <laughs> You've all traveled with three-year-olds. She, oh, she talks a lot. Yeah, she talks a lot. You know, you know her. That's right. She is a wonderful gift. Um, as is a screen to put in front of her. <laughs> there was a lot of um, Disney. Was it Inside Out and Frozen? These are her two favorites. And they occupied her for long stretches, multiple times. Um, but no, it was really good. Um, as many of you probably know, our boys were born in Vancouver, and so we actually had a chance to show them the hospital where they were born and the house where they, were, they went back to, and um, it, was, it was just a wonderful time. We made a lot of memories. Um, we had this really cool time. Like we, we spent time at Stanley Park and went to the aquarium, and, and then the next day we, our, our plan was to go um, across to North Vancouver to Grouse Mountain, and there's a place called Lynn Canyon there, or there's a suspension bridge across a gorge. It's just absolutely beautiful. And, and then the plan was to go from Lynn Canyon over to Grouse Mountain itself, where, where we would do what's called the Grouse Grind. Chantelle and, and Rosalind would take the gondola up, but then the boys and I, the, the plan was for us to do the grind, which is just a set of very uneven steps uh, up about, I mean, the I believe the trail is a couple of kilometers um, up to the top of Grouse Mountain. And so if you feel like doing a couple of kilometers of stairs, go for it. I was a little bit nervous, to be honest. Um, but anyway, b- before we got to, to Grouse Mountain itself, when we, when we were at Lynn Canyon making our way towards the suspension bridge, one of our boys was having a lot of pain in, in his leg. And um, so we sat down and he was actually limping as, as we were walking towards the the um, the suspension bridge. I'm, I'm thinking, oh no, we've got this plan to do the grind and we didn't buy a ticket for said boy to, to get up the gondola and um, what are we going to do? And so I, I just took him aside and, and prayed over him and absolutely nothing. He continued limping. We, he limped down and we, and we crossed the suspension bridge, got the view from the other side, took a few pictures, limped back to the car and, and I said to the other boy, uh, your job is to pray for your brother on the way to Grouse Mountain. And it's only about a 15-minute drive from point A to point B. And when we got to, when we got to point B, uh, boy number one said, I'm ready to go up the mountain. Um, and, and God had blessed him with relief from the pain. And the three of us hiked the stairs and, and got to the top of the mountain. And I just, I was so deeply grateful, not only that God showed my boy love and used my other boy in the process, but that we, we were given the gift of making a memory together um, that we would not otherwise have had. Um, 
And so we got to do that together. It was, it was just really special, but we had a great week. And then we, we drove to Abbotsford and played a ton of video games at this place called Castle Fun Park or something. And that the kids just had a blast. And then um, they flew out the next morning out of Abbotsford because Swoop flies from Abbotsford to Hamilton. So my family is now in Hamilton. And so then I took the drive back and Chantel called me and she had landed in Hamilton, got to my parents' place, had dinner, called me, and I'm still in Golden, BC, driving on the way back. So you can decide who got the better deal for the return trip. Um, but anyway, I, I got back here and spent the weekend here with Tori, took her out for dinner last night. We'll go out for, for lunch today, and then I'm going to say goodbye. And I'm getting on a plane this afternoon. And so I am going for two weeks now to Ontario, actually a little bit under two weeks. And when we return, um, Tori's being induced And so we're going to come back and there is a date on the calendar and an appointment at the hospital and a a baby on the way. So um, prayers, please. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But anyway, that's the plan for the next couple of weeks. So um, God has been good. And I just, I saw God's goodness and God's beauty in so many different ways um, on this trip. And it was, it was wonderful. And Looking forward to some time connecting with family for like the sixth time for me this year as I've just been back so many times, not always under good circumstances, but it's a gift to, especially to my kids and to our parents to have time with grandkids. And so I also thank you for giving us the blessing to, to be able to make those trips back and give family connection time. It's really important. So thank you for that. And um, in the next couple of weeks, you will have... Uh, Karuma is speaking next week. He's spoken here a couple of times. And then Jeff Gowdy will speak the following week. And then the week after that, uh, I will be back here. And that will be our final Sunday in this building. And that is an interesting time. So we are going to have some sort of commencement, farewell, celebration, but we'll also sort of grieve together at the same time. Like, I understand that change involves pain. Um, so we're going to find a way to wrap this, this season and this story up and, and look ahead and both acknowledge the good and acknowledge some of the challenges that go with that and then also say, but God, you're at work and we're going to look forward to what's next. And then the following week, we will start worshiping at the Dream Center downtown. Um, some people were asking me, where's the Dream Center downtown? And there's two different ways that you can identify where the Dream Center is. One is, um, do you know where the RCMP is? Well, it's across the street from that. The other one is, uh, do you know where the location next to the Dream Center is? And if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to mention it right now in the company that we have here at the moment. But you and I, as parents, are going to have to find a way to navigate that because they share a parking lot. Okay, And where better for the church to be? And I mean that very, very sincerely. Where better for the church to be than at a place of addiction, at a place of exploitation, at a place where there is the most need. And week after week, we get to worship and invite God's presence to that place in the city. I'm going to share more about the Dream Center later, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there for now. maybe about a year ago, I think it was the last time that it happened, but I remember Silas just laying in bed and he was having pain in his legs. What's going on? And Chantal and I discovered it was just, it's just growing pains. Um, 
sometimes growth involves pain. Is it possible to have growth without change? If you know how to have growth without change, please let me know. I don't think it's possible. Growth, it's, it's inherent in the concept of growth is change. But so often growth and change involve pain. Okay? And, and I just, I want to continue to acknowledge that um, together, that we love this place. God has formed us in this place. We have had defining moments in this place, some of you for much, much longer than I have. But I, I, I honestly, I love this building. It's, drove, it's driven me crazy maintaining it over the years. Like, it's just been one of my ongoing irks. But I love the way God meets us in this place. I love the family moments that we have in this place. I love the worship in this place. This, this is my first church. You know, other than, you know, I've served in other places, but like this, this has so deeply formed me and become part of me, and I'm going to miss worshiping in this place, and I know you will too, okay? So I'm feeling your pain, and maybe not to the, the same degree that some of you feel it, but I acknowledge it, and you're not wrong to feel that, okay? We will grieve as we lose a space, we will grieve as we uh, lose some independence, right? And we become long-term tenants out of a couple of different places. But we will also, um, we, we will lose the sense of space and, and the memory. We're not going to lose the memories, but we're going to stop making memories here and we're going to start making memories somewhere else. And, and that's hard. I just, I want to continue to acknowledge that. I, I remember sitting down with Terry Fawson, um, about a month, a month ago or something, just said, my church is going through so much change, help me. And he said, you need to remember both to acknowledge that it's painful and then to acknowledge why you're doing it. We are doing this because God is leading us. We are doing this for the sake of other people for the, and for the bigger kingdom vision of what God is going to do through Hope Mission as they build a center here, as um, the bigger kingdom vision of what God is doing at the Dream Center and so on, the bigger kingdom vision for pooling resources in order to see that the kingdom goes forward, not our tiny corner of it that we have to guard and protect and control. Okay, there, there are bigger kingdom visions here, but it, igno- it, it involves pain. There's growing pains, Okay. So I just want to continue to acknowledge that before you. And, and let's, let's pray for one another in this process. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the good things you are doing here. I thank you for the way that you have been leading us. I thank you for, for the faithful work of people over years and decades and generations in this church and in this place. I, I, I honor them and bless them and honor you and bless you in the ways that you have been at work here. And, and as, you, as you move us from one space to another and it involves change and, and we struggle with that, Lord, we look to you and say, Lord, would you help with the pain? Would you help with the grief? And would you give me your heart for the next leg of the journey? Would you give me, give us your heart for why you're doing this, for why you're calling us in this direction?
so that we, we can move through growing pains and experience growth and change and celebrate you, celebrate what you're doing and look forward to, to more. Lord, help us move through this time and this space in a way that blesses you. We bless the Dream Center. We bless Hope Mission. Lord, would you continue to work through these organizations to see your kingdom come and your will be done in North Red Deer and, it, and in, the, in the very downtown in the heart of some of the, the darkest places of pain and, and oppression and exploitation and, and addiction and all of that, Lord, would you, would you make us a people that shine your light there and show your love? Lord, as we open your word, would you, would, you, would you take away everything from me and everything from us that's going to get in the way so that what, what's heard, what's spoken, what's received has such a high degree of overlap with what you intended your word to say and what you are doing here in the moment and and your heart for the whole person and the the whole congregation and the whole city. Lord, we want to see the connection between your word and your heart and your world. Lord, would you do that for us this morning? Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you grab your Bibles and go to John 15? Or excuse me, John 12. Get there in a minute. I just want to remind you of some of the, the, the times and places in the last month or two where we've really seen God at work in, in very recognizable, concrete ways, just here. Remember, uh, just over a month ago, I had some about eight kids sit up front here and led them through a very simple exercise of, of praying and meeting with the Lord and then encouraging them to, to wait for a response from God. And within a minute, seven out of eight recognized something God had said to them or shown them. Seven out of eight within a minute. I want to remind you of the Sunday where um, we asked people to stand who'd in some way had some form of of physical healing or spiritual inner healing in, in the last couple of years, and a third of the people here stood. That's significant. I want to remind you of the AGM where where the council shared, we, we are seeing God leading us in a particular direction. That, that the, the things that God has been doing among us, we need to be not only opened, open to, but learn to, to foster and host him well, that he, his work might continue to, to go on and that we might become better participants with it. I want to remind you of that. And now we're talking about the Dream Center. That, that we're going to worship at the Dream Center and that God has already been confirming that in the ways that he has been speaking to us. That, and yet, 
I, one more thing. I want to remind you of the, the Sunday where we had testimonies up here. Was, was it three weeks ago? Something like that, where we just had a Sunday of just testimony after testimony after testimony of what, how God has been at work here in the last couple of months and years. And people just shared their stories of God met me, God healed me, God spoke to me, God did this, God did that. And then Dallas was baptized after she shared her story. It was a just amazing Sunday of seeing God at work and, and in sharing, sharing stories, giving him all the praise and credit and honor. It has nothing to do with the council or me or anything else. It's that God is at work and that we, we bless what God is doing. But now we're talking about the Dream Center. And God has been confirming that, that he, is, he is very much in this go worship at the Dream Center. And so last Sunday, that was one of the main things that we focused on was that are we going to go there and learn to serve, not learn to take? Because that's going to be God's call to us. Are we going to go there and be a blessing to those at the Dream Center who are, for those of you who don't know, should maybe just mention this, the Dream Center is a Christian recovery center from those struggling with drugs and alcohol. And, and so it's private, meaning that they don't get government funding, and therefore they can run gospel-centered programs, and they see gospel-level results where people get healed and set free from addiction in Jesus' name. And they have opened the doors for us and said, we welcome you to come and worship with us. They, they weren't simply willing to let people come worship in their space. They were the ones that actually suggested it. God is opening those doors for us. But it means thinking about church in a different way. It means thinking about our purpose in a different way. It means very much rethinking what Sunday morning is going to be and what the purpose of it is. Do we come simply to receive something or are we going to come and meet God and then see how he's at work here and be prepared to serve and bless others rather than coming with the I'm coming to take mentality? So that's some of what we talked about last week. There's a lot of change happening. We've seen people with new gifts being given. We, we've seen people hearing from God and sharing it in really cool ways. But I know that there was so much change. What it has often left people with is this question in this sense of, but is there a place here for me? It, or is this only for, for those who are just really excited about it or really experiencing this or that? Or is there a place here for me? And I, I want to say unequivocally, and actually from Scripture in a moment, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. If you can hear these words today, there is a place for you. The answer is yes, because what? anytime that God is at work, it is always, always an invitation to come closer to him. And we're going to see that in the scriptures this morning. So if you have seen God at work, but you haven't experienced what someone has been sharing, that's not the point. It, it, it's not about creating an us versus them division. It, it's not about you trying to aspire to someone else's experience. The point is, do you recognize where God is at work and do you say, yes, God? That's the invitation. 
and it is for everyone. Anytime God is at work, it is always an invitation, and it's simply to say yes to him. We're going to see that, I hope, in Scripture this morning. God's invitations are personal. So there is a personal version and a personal place for you, a personal version of what God is doing, he wants to do in your life. But in a a way that doesn't um, make you a cookie cutter of someone else, right? This isn't about creating new cookie cutters, right? God designed you in a certain way, and he has a plan for you, and it very much is in line with and overlaps with what he's doing here. There's a personal thing for you. At the same time, you will notice in the passage, as you have noticed here over and over again, when God, when God does something, when he speaks in personal ways, when he, when he reveals himself supernaturally, there is always both an invitation, but then others feel it as a push away. All right? So you're going to see both the people being drawn in, and simultaneously you're going to see people pushed Because when God is at work, it has two effects depending on the the position of someone's heart. It either softens or it hardens. And that is in our passage as well. But let me just remind you of that. John 5, a man who'd um, who'd been unable to walk for 38 years, Jesus heals him. And some people believe Jesus and some people start plotting his death. John 9. Jesus heals a man blind from birth, and some people celebrate, and some people go off to plot his death. John 11, Jesus raises someone from the dead, and some people celebrate, and some people go off and plot his death, and the the raising of Lazarus in the Gospel of John is what actually seals the fate of Jesus, as far as the authorities are concerned. Because any time that God works supernaturally, it draws some people in, and for those who don't receive it well, it has the effect of hardening the heart. And, and this is the inevitable work of the inevitable result of God being at work in more overt ways. You're going to see this again in John 12. We're going to start at verse 27. Jesus has been speaking about how his death um, is going to actually have the effect uh, of producing more fruit than people can possibly imagine. And it's signified by some Greeks, some Gentiles, some outsiders coming and wanting to see Jesus. So that's the previous passage. But Jesus, in response to that, now says, verse 27, now my soul is troubled and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This is the key passage we are going to focus on, though I'm going to read most of the rest of this chapter. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered them, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine.
I'm going to skip down to verse 36. Jesus says, while you have the light, believe the light so that you may become children of light. And then after he had said this, he departed and hid from them. Although he had performed so many signs in their presence, they did not believe him. This was to fulfill the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And so they could not believe because Isaiah said he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they may not look with their eyes and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. And then the remainder of the chapter, Jesus talks about how there's judgment coming for those who have heard his words, but then haven't responded properly to it. So we are going to pause there. I had like, and I want... It was tempting to put together like an hour or two hour sermon because this passage is just incredible and I'm going to narrow it down to just a couple of things. Um, And so, yes, I'm going to leave things out. But what I have here, I think is crucial. A voice speaks audibly at the level, the sound level, the decibel level of thunder and Jesus says it's, that voice came for the benefit of the crowd, not for Jesus himself. And some reinterpreted the voice to be thunder. There's a division that happens in the crowd. God does something supernatural, which Jesus says is specifically for the benefit of the people there, not for the benefit of Jesus. And some say it's thunder. I mean, this is just, it's, it's crazy to me. God can do anything. God always does what is best for people. God is inviting people to follow Jesus, confirming the work he has been doing in Jesus to the people. And he speaks, Jesus says, not for Jesus' sake, but for the crowd's sake. So for everyone who heard it, that voice came for them. God did something for the individuals in the crowd, and yet some of them didn't recognize it was God's voice. Is that not astonishing to you? God intended it to be recognized. God, God intended that his work would be recognized that in order that people might benefit from it, might respond properly to it, that that they might see that God has been at work in Jesus and he's going to continue to glorify himself through the work in Jesus. And God, it's like this was God's last attempt to rally people to Jesus. Jesus says, this was for you. It wasn't for me. This was for you. And some recognize it. And they say it's an angel. God God speaks through angels at times, so it's not like they're dismissing God. And some don't recognize that God is speaking. They think it's something natural. They think it's thunder. 
but it came for their benefit. God, God made one more attempt to say, I want to get, I want to get everyone behind my son Jesus to see what he's doing because I, the Father, am being glorified through what I have been doing in Jesus. He just raised Lazarus from the dead. And he is about to go on and be further glorified. Though it's going to look like the cross, but that's for later. And God tried one more time to get a, a whole crowd of people to say, follow my son. Because every time God speaks and God acts, it's an invitation. This voice came for your benefit. It's an invitation. The voice wasn't speaking to them. It was speaking that they might hear it and respond. It was, the voice was speaking to Jesus, right? So there's a sign. The sign was for the people. Inviting them in. So why do some people think it's thunder? It's the pattern I told you about. It's the pattern that happens throughout Scripture. You see it in multiple places. God does something, and some people are drawn in, and some people's hearts are hardened, and they reject. It happens over and over again in Scripture, and that's the point of the Isaiah passage. Look at the passage. John 12, 38. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. The prophet is asking the Lord, Lord, who has believed our message? Who's believed what I've been saying? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? God revealed himself, the arm of the Lord. God has been at work powerfully, supernaturally among his people. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? the people Isaiah has been ministering to. God has been supernaturally revealing himself to his people. And the result, as you read through the rest of the passage, is people get harder and more blind. There's always those two results. People get harder and more blind. And yet John says in verse 42, 43, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed him. Some people are drawn in. Some people take the invitation. And and some people say no. It's inevitable. As God is at work, some will be drawn in and some will not. It's up to to us. Are we going to have soft hearts And are we going to recognize what God does as an invitation? This voice came for your benefit. Or are we going to say, nope, not for me? Please take the invitation. Kids are hearing. People are standing up here. 
giving testimonies. God's confirming, you're going to the Dream Center. I'm doing these things here. I know it's hard, but if you see it as an invitation and you say yes to Jesus, even if you don't fully understand it, even if you're not fully experiencing what other people are experiencing, if you see the the big picture package as an invitation, God is at work, I will say yes. That's all God's looking for. That's all God's looking for, friends. And that's why there's a place for you here. Because God is inviting people in. This voice came for your benefit. God did this sign for the sake of the crowd. I want to tell you a story that both illustrates what we've been talking about in terms of the principle in the passage here, in terms of God does things supernaturally and it's an invitation to draw in, but then also to capture what God has been doing here in the bigger picture sense. And I I hope you will see what I'm talking about here. Um, Most of you know, we have this group that goes out on Sunday nights and so we, we go out to the streets, we start, we start at City Hall, and then we just sort of go out. And usually what we're doing is we're, we're sharing, you know, bottles of water and granola bars in the summertime, and we, uh, we take tracks with us, and we pray for people. And then if there's an opportunity to share good news, we share good news. If there's an opportunity to be good news, we try to be good news to people. And that means praying with people. That means listening sometimes. That means um, a whole variety of things, depending on what just who you're interacting with that night. So there were six of us that went out this past Sunday night. I won't tell you how many of us actually wanted to be there, but it was fewer than six. Um, It was a tiring, I think we were all just tired, but we went. We divided up into two groups. We, We pray at the start, and then we divide up into two groups. It's always Noah that divides us up. And so, um, He divided us into the two groups. So my group was um, myself and then Suzanne and Noah, and the other group was Joel and Maria and and Everett. So we we then split up. And usually the first thing that we do is we we just take a few more minutes to pray and ask the Lord for some direction. Lord, we got an hour and a half here. We don't want to waste your time, anyone else's time, or our time. Would you make us effective? Would you lead us in the way that you want to whomever you want for whatever you want? We're just, we're here to serve. So we take a few minutes to pray that and then just to listen. You know, do you have direction for us? So I won't, I won't tell the other group's story quite yet. Um, My group, we, we think we hear, and I say we think because it's, it's so often, it's just the, it's the faintest little thing, just so faint. And Noah says, um, God sort of drew my attention to some, some glass, and I think he was talking about some buildings. Um, but he, he said, as I was processing that with the Lord, what I think I'm hearing the Lord say is that he wants us to go to a place where there's broken glass and pray over that space. Okay, that's vague. We'll see what happens. Suzanne gets this this word, um, church. So we're at City Hall, right? There are churches behind us. There are churches in front of us. Church. 
And then she says, Ben, you were just talking about the Dream Center this morning because that was the focus of the message on Sunday morning. Um, you're just talking about the Dream Center. You know, that's where our church is going. Maybe we should go to the Dream Center. I'm like, I, I thought I heard the word West, which would rule out the churches behind us. And, and like, okay, well, the Dream Center is West of us. And there are a number of churches that actually meet on Gates Avenue. So why don't we just go bless each of those churches and make our way down the, the Dream Center and we'll see how the Lord leads. So that's what we do. And we, we, we walk up and down um, Little Gates because there's a couple different churches there. Jesus is alive, then Jesus is Lord. And then one other place called Trinity. We, just, we stopped in, in front of each of those and we just prayed blessings over their ministries and didn't see any broken glass. Not a thing. Windows are all in every place along our, our entire travels, no broken glass. Not, not windows, not bottles anywhere, nothing like that. As the Dream Center is our last stop. So we go, we go north and then we come, come south and we end up at the Dream Center. And as we end up at the Dream Center, we notice that the other group of our three other people have been making their way around the Dream Center praying for it. I had just sent out a prayer request. The West from the Dream Center had, had asked for some specific prayer requests just the day before. And so um, Joe was saying that they were actually praying over those prayer requests on, on their property. And, and we arrived as they were doing that. They've been doing this for quite a while. And we found out later that when they did their listening time, they actually heard specifically, go to the Dream Center. But we didn't hear go to the Dream Center. We, what we heard was church, west, and broken glass. And we show up at the Dream Center, and there's a shattered bottle of glass in the parking lot. So we clean it up. Noah had heard pray over the spot where there's broken glass. So two different groups got sent two different ways to meet at the same spot where we'd just spoken about that Sunday morning, God is sending us and told to pray over this specific place. And then as we're praying in a group of six of us in the parking lot of the Dream Center, we're praying blessings over their ministry. We're praying for protection. We're praying for those who are going through the program. We're praying that they would give, God would open up and send funds because they need funds. They need funds. They need spiritual protection even more. We're, we're praying through all of these prayer requests, and we're, we're even praying, you know, bless us as we come and we, we worship here soon and guide us in this. And I can hear this whispering beside me. Um, and we, we finish our, our praying, and um, one group goes one direction, our group goes another, and, and Suzanne, and I have her permission to share this story. Um, in fact, she didn't just say, you have my permission. She said, I don't feel like this is my story. I feel like this is our story, and it would be disobedient not to share it. Um, it's part of what God's doing here. She, Suzanne says, Noah, Ben, um, what do you know about praying in tongues? I'm like, kind of sounds like what you were doing a moment ago. Um, very quietly. Um, and I'm like, I didn't know you had that gift. And she said, I didn't either. It just started while we were praying, at the place where we were sent, the place where God is sending us, the place that he'd asked us to pray for, the place where God's sending us to worship soon. He sends a sign gift to confirm a direction for a church 
for this particular moment to someone who was, I said, Suzanne, are you, have you even been looking for that gift? She's like, nope. Wasn't on my, my wish list from God, but I felt the spirit moving and I thought, I will go with what God's doing. just like in the passage. God does something supernatural in the passage. And Jesus says, that supernatural thing wasn't for me, it was for you. It's a sign and it's an invitation. In the same way, we had multiple supernatural things happen. And it's not specifically for Suzanne or Noah or myself, it's, it's, the, it's the bigger picture of what God is doing as the invitation. If you heard that story and go, Ben's telling all of us that we need to pray in tongues or something like that, you, you missed the point entirely. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not telling you that you need to have Suzanne's experience or Noah's experience or mine. Not at all. I'm saying the whole story of what God is doing is the invitation into more of him. Because it is once again God demonstrating that I am working and I am I'm doing this for all people. I'm inviting you in. God is inviting you into more of what he is doing here. His signs are always invitations. This voice came for your benefit. The story is a sign. God is inviting us in. God wants to do more. God wants to show himself more. He's also confirming once again, you're going to the Dream Center. And I have a purpose for you worshiping at the Dream Center. I sent you there. And he confirmed it supernaturally in multiple ways this week. And you know what, friends? There's a place for you. There's a place for you in this because everything God does is for you. This voice came for your benefit. This story is for your benefit. There is a personal place for you. And you don't have to see it yet. You don't have to fully understand it. You don't have to be experiencing the same things that people are experiencing. You simply have to see what God's doing and say, I will say yes, Lord. That's it. I will say yes. Just like the crowd. The crowd in that passage didn't have to do anything more than believe what the sign was pointing to. It was pointing to Jesus. This sign is for you. And it is for us together to say, we're going this way because God is leading not because anyone, not a pastor, not a council, not even a congregation said, we're going this way. We are going in response to being led. How could we do anything less? This is for you. There is a place for you in this.
Let's pray. Before we pray, I call you to come. I personally, I echo the invitation of God. Come. Not having understood everything. Come. Having just said, I don't get it. But I know God's working. Come. If you could say, I know God's working, come. Lord, I, th- I give you thanks and praise. And I echo the words of Jesus. Lord, glorify yourself at Unity Baptist. Glorify yourself at the Dream Center. Glorify yourself at Hope Mission. Glorify yourself. And may everything that we do point back to you. As we will read about in John, Jesus will say later, apart from me, you can do nothing. May we constantly say, it had nothing to do with me. It's not about Noah or Suzanne. It, it, it's, it's not about Ben. It, it's Jesus. Jesus is doing things. Lord, make us, make us people who will say, I don't get it, but I, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I'll follow him before I get it. I'll follow him before I fully understand. I'll follow him not knowing what might happen. Because I trust. Lord, make us those kind of people. Make us people with the soft hearts that take the invitation as we see you at work. In Jesus' name, amen. Call the team back up. Let's continue to worship. When I was at Regent's, um, I was mingling with Presbyterians and Lutherans and they were telling me that they, they repeat the, the Apostles' Creed after a sermon so that it's a, almost like a safety net for anything that was said that was not in line with this, we affirm this. So if you feel that way, Lord bless you and keep you. This is what we believe. If you need prayer, want prayer, want to talk, happy to do both. Love to bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, my friends. Have a great week. I'll see you in a couple weeks.